Section thirty one of Cleek of Scotland Yard by Thomas W. Hanshoe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty eight. It was somewhere in the neighbourhood of half past three when the opportunity to interview those three persons was finally vouchsafed him, and it may be recorded at once that the meeting did some violence to his emotions. In short, he found Mr. James Drake, far from being the frank-faced, impulsive, lovable young pepperpot which his actions and words would seem to stand sponsor for, a rather retiring young man of the pale and studious order, absolutely lacking in personal magnetism, and about the last person in the world one would expect to do the all-for-love business of the average hero in the manner he had done. On the other hand, he found the Earl of Fallowfield an exceedingly frank, pleasant-mannered, rather boyish-looking gentleman, whose many attractions rendered it easy to understand why the late Mr. Jefferson P. Drake had conceived such a warm affection for him, and was at such pains to have him ever by his side. It seemed, indeed, difficult to believe that he could possibly be the father of Lady Marjorie Wynde, for his manner and appearance were so youthful as to make him appear to be nothing closer than an elder brother. The doctor, that eminent Harley Street light, Mr. John Strangeways Hague, he found to be full of Harley Street manners and Harley Street ideas, eminently polite, eminently cold, and about as pleased to meet a detective police officer as he would be to find an organ-grinder sitting on his doorstep. "'Have you come to any conclusions as to the means of death, doctor?' asked Cleek, after he had been shown into the stone drum, where the body of the dead man still lay, and where the local coroner and the local J.P. were conducting a sort of preliminary examination prior to the regulation inquest, which must, of course, follow. "'The general appearance would suggest asphyxia, if asphyxia were possible.' "'Which it is not,' volunteered Dr. Haig, with the geniality of a snowball. You have probably observed that the many slits in the wall permit of free ventilation, and asphyxia with free ventilation is an impossibility. Quite so, agreed Cleek placidly. But if by any chance those slits could have been closed from the outside, I observe that at some period and for some purpose Mr. Drake has made use of a charcoal furnace indicating it by a wave of the hand, and apparently with no other vent to carry off the fumes than that supplied by the slits. Now, if they were closed and the charcoal left burning, the result would be an atmosphere charged with carbon monoxide gas, and a little more than one per cent of that in the air of a room deprived of ventilation would, in a short time, prove fatal to any person breathing that air. The doctor twitched round an inquiring eye, and looked him over from head to foot. "'Yes,' he said, remembering that, after all, there were board schools, and even the humblest might sometimes learn parrot-like to repeat the things that are in books. "'But we happen to know that the slits were not closed.' 
and that neither carbon oxide nor carbon monoxide was the cause of death you have taken samples of the blood of course to establish that fact beyond question as one could so readily do ventured cleek suavely the test for carbon monoxide is so simple and so very certain that error is impossible it combines so tensely if one may put it that way with the blood that the colouring of the red corpuscles is utterly overcome and destroyed my good sir those are elementary facts of which i do not stand in need of a reminder quite so quite so but in my profession doctor one stands in constant need of reminders a speck a spot a pinprick each and all are significant and but is this not a slight abrasion on the temple here bending over and with his glass examining a minute reddish speck upon the dead man's face hmm i see i see have you investigated this thing doctor it is interesting i fail to see the point of interest then replied dr haig bending over and examining the spot the skin is scarcely more than abraded evidently by the fingernails scratching off the head of some infinitesimal pustule possibly agreed cleek but on the other hand it may be something of a totally different character for one thing the possible point at which contact was established between the man's blood and something of a poisonous character an injection of cyanide of potassium for instance would cause death and account in a measure for this suggestion of asphyxia conveyed by the expression of the features true my good sir but have the goodness to ask yourself who could get into the place to administer such hypodermic and if self-administered what can have become of the syringe if thrown from one of the bowman's slits it could only have fallen upon the roof of the wing and i assure you that was searched most thoroughly long before your arrival i don't think you will go so far as to suggest that it was shot in attached to some steel missile capable of making a wound for no such missile is as you see embedded in the flesh nor was one lying anywhere about the floor the cyanide of potassium theory is ingenious but i'm afraid it won't hold water hold water the phrase brought cleek's thoughts harking back to what he had been told regarding the little puddle of water lying on the floor and of a sudden his eyes narrowed and the curious one-sided smile travelled up his cheek no i suppose not he said replying to the doctor's remark besides your test-tubes would have settled that when it settled the carbon monoxide question had cyanide been present the specimens of blood would have been clotted and blue of a sudden it seemed to dawn upon the doctor that this didn't smack quite so much of board-school intelligence as he had fancied and facing round he looked at cleek with a new-born interest i beg your pardon 
he said but i don't think i caught your name mr uh, uh, cleek doctor hamilton cleek at your service good lord that is i uh, uh, my dear sir my dear mr cleek if there is any intelligence i can possibly supply pray command me with pleasure doctor and thank you very much indeed for the kind offer i have been told that there was a little puddle of water on the floor at the time the murder was discovered also that you took a sample of it for analysis as i don't see any sign of that puddle now would you mind telling me what that analysis established i have heard i may tell you that you found the water to contain no poisonous substance but i should be obliged if you can tell me if it was water drawn from a well or such as might have been taken from a river or pond as a matter of fact my dear mr cleek i don't think it came from any of the three hmm a manufactured mineral water then no not that either if it had been raining and there was any hole or leak in this roof i should have said it was rain-water that had dripped in and formed a little puddle on the floor if it had been winter i should have said it was the result of melted snow as a matter of fact i incline more to the latter theory than to any other although it is absurd of course to think of snow being obtainable anywhere in england in the month of july quite so quite so unless it doesn't matter that's all thank you doctor and very many thanks a word please mr cleek interposed the doctor as he turned to move away and leave him i am afraid i was not very communicative nor very cordial when you asked me if i had any idea of the means employed to bring about the unfortunate man's death may i hope that you will be better mannered than i mr cleek if i ask you if you have thanks very much then have you yes said cleek and so too will you if you'll make a second blood test with the specimens you have at a period of about forty-eight hours after the time of decease it will take quite that before the presence of the thing manifests itself under the influence of any known process or responds to any known test and even then it will only be detected by a faintly alcoholic odour and excessively bitter taste the man has been murdered done to death by that devil's drug wurali if i am not mistaken but who administered it and how it was administered are things i can't tell you yet wurali wurali that is the basis of the drocurarin produced by roulin boussingo in eighteen twenty eight from a combination of the allied poisons known to the savages of south america and the tropics by the names of coroval and fao is it not 
yes and a fiend's thing it is too a mere scratch from anything steeped in it is enough to kill an ox almost immediately the favourite native manner of using the hellish thing is by means of a thorn and a blowpipe but no such method has been employed in this case no thorn nor indeed any other projectile has entered the flesh nor is there one lying anywhere about the floor be sure i looked doctor the instant i suspected that woorali had been used pardon me but that must be all for the present i have other fish to fry end of section thirty one